Welcome to Mr. Bait and Switch. Ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Each of these stories is written to reflect on life-giving insights. But you have to figure out what the insight is that will keep you alive. For more information and reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. And now, let's get to our next story. Deadbeats. Written and read by J. Thomas Sparrow. Sue their ass legal associates seemed like a great firm. I was thrilled to get a job in their physical evidence department. My team sorted through the various documents, reports, and notes that were not in electronic form. I became the seventh member of a group affectionately known as the Deadbeats. The Deadbeats got their name because they almost never seemed busy. The thing was, They got their work done very quickly. After that, they could do anything they wanted. On my second day there, our team received about ten boxes of medical files. We were to read through them, tab and highlight key sections, and write a series of summaries. They gave me about 300 pages. At the end of the day, I was on page 207, and the rest of the deadbeats were playing poker. Somehow, they had finished the rest of the ten boxes. How did you do it, I asked. How did you get through that much material, accurately and quickly? Jose, Susan, Jeff, Yolanda, Kiefer, and Sam looked at me at the same time. It was both comical and creepy. They started to laugh. Kiefer said, We have superhuman skills. Susan said, Do you want to be one of us? Yeah, I said. All you have to do, said Susan, is a short flight, a tiny swallow, or take the big plunge. What does that mean? They laughed again. I still had a hundred pages to go, and they were playing cards, and now they were laughing at me. Susan said, There'll be plenty of chances to join us, but for now, just get your work done the old-fashioned way, by the sweat of your brow. I finished my 300 pages in the summary statements a little bit before noon the next day. The deadbeats were headed out to lunch. Jose invited me to join the group. Come on, big fella, come celebrate with us. My lunch was in the refrigerator. No, I'm going to stay in the office this time. I already have my lunch here. Party pooper, party pooper, Yolanda sang out. They got in the elevator at 11.55 and didn't get back to the office until 3.20. They clearly had been drinking. Jeff put his arm around me. All work and no play makes Gavin a very dull boy. Next time you've got to come out with us, dude. He rubbed the top of my head with his knuckles. I had been reading a series of briefs that had been sent to our work group. We had work to do, but they said it could wait until tomorrow morning. We'll do it in the morning, and since it'll be Friday, we'll have a dart tournament in the afternoon, Jeff said. No, I don't think so, I said. 
They've just delivered 20 boxes to us. Holy crap, said Yolanda. We better get started right away, or we'll have to work all weekend. They burst out laughing. Kiefer turned on the TV, and they began to watch Judge Judy. Susan looked at me, watching them. She walked over to me. Why don't you just pick a box and get started? Don't worry about us. You'll see. It'll all get done in the morning. As I headed to my office with my box, I started to wonder if this job would be like the rest of my life. As a kid, my family moved nine times before I was 15 years old. I never had time to make friends or be comfortable with the people around me. I was determined to fit in with the deadbeats. I worked until 7 p.m. that night. It was a 12-hour day for me, and four of those hours were time and a half. The rest of my team had left at 4.30. Shh, they said in unison as they left. They were done with the 19 boxes before lunch. I was barely into my box. I imagined that they didn't read anything. I didn't know what they did. Yet I did know that they were known as the most efficient and careful readers of the whole firm. I had asked to be part of this team. I loved to read and was great at analysis, but I was clearly missing something here. Friday night, I worked past dinner. The dead beats had left at 4.45 after a raucous afternoon of dart playing and beer pong. As I was reading at my desk a bit before eight, I heard laughter. I stopped reading and listened. It seemed to be coming from outside. I stepped over to my office window. I saw lots of motion going through the air. My jaw dropped wide enough to swallow a baseball. I knew what I was seeing, but I wouldn't let myself admit it. The deadbeats were flying through the air, laughing and passing by the window. They were a ghostly gray and having the time of their lives bumping into each other, high-fiving, and turning somersaults. As I looked out in disbelief, Susan flew to the window and hovered in the air, staring at me. She winked at me and flew off with the others. I had no doubt I was hallucinating. I called it a night. On Monday, as I was working through my box, Susan walked into my office and asked me, So, how was your weekend? It was good, very restful. I had worked late Friday night and needed some downtime. My weekend was crazy fun. The deadbeats are the best. It must seem strange to you how the rest of us fly through our work. The way she said fly gave me a chill. Was she telling me with a smile that I hadn't been hallucinating? Would you like to learn to fly through your work the way we do, she asked. What would I have to do? Just take a short flight, then you'll be one of us. What do you mean a short flight? You know, Susan said, like from the eighth floor to the ground. I didn't know what to say to that. 
I'm good. I'm just going to keep working here. Suit yourself. But it's quick and easy and takes away all of your burdens. Kiefer popped his head into my room, raised his eyebrows, and simultaneously put both thumbs up. The next morning, at eight, the deadbeats were sitting around the circular table sipping their cappuccinos. I must admit that I love that wonderful mix of steamed milk and dark coffee, especially with a little bit of flavoring in it. Jose said, Isn't this killer stuff? He took a heaping spoonful of what appeared to be powdered chocolate and mixed it into his drink. The deadbeats passed the canister and spoon around the table, each taking a towering spoonful. Yolanda sprinkled the powder into her drink. She brought the steaming cup up to her nose. I live for this, she said. I had my own caramel latte. I had joined them at the round table. Jeff handed me the canister. Try some, seriously, it's to die for. I took the spoon and the canister in my hand. I turned the metal canister around and saw the words, rat poison, written on it. Everyone stared at me. Why does it say rat poison? You know, Sam said. We don't want to have any rats in the group. More laughing. Or was it cackling? I think I'll pass. Come on, continued Sam. Just try one spoonful. What is it really? Susan smiled. It's really good. They were all looking at me, encouraging me to try some of the powder, nodding their heads up and down. Awkward as it was, I put the canister down on the table. I got up and said, Oh, rats, I better get back to work. I walked out of the conference room. It was an awful feeling. I wanted to fit in, but I felt the team was playing me like I was there for their amusement. The next Wednesday, I had been working and the deadbeats were out for an extended lunch. When they came back, they were laughing and shouting. They called for me to come into the workroom. Guess what we've learned how to do, Yolanda said. It's dangerous, Sam warned. So you won't like it, Jeff stated. But we got you one anyway, Kiefer said. Please try it. Have some fun, Susan pleaded. They had gotten me a gift. Jose pulled out seven letter openers out of a wooden box. These aren't actual swords, but they will still work. Jose passed one of the letter openers to everybody but me. Let's all do it together, Sam said. You just watch, Susan said to me. We learned this from a street performer at lunch. The deadbeats licked their letter openers, tilted back their heads, opened their mouths, and stuck the swords down their throats. They stretched out their arms in unison and wiggled their fingers for applause. It was crazy impressive. I applauded. They pulled their swords out. Now it's your turn, Susan said, handing me one of the short swords. I felt the sides of my letter opener. It was sharp, more like a knife than a letter opener. I'm not doing that. Party pooper, sang Yolanda. 
Come on, Susan said, live a little. If you don't want to swallow it, try this, said Kiefer. He pulled his shirt out of his pants and unbuttoned the shirt. He thrust the letter opener into his exposed stomach. He partially opened his mouth and began to grunt as he moved the opener around in a rough circle. There was no blood. I thought it must be a trick knife, but I could see the opening in his cut skin. I could hear the cutting of flesh. Kiefer removed his letter opener and pushed his other hand into the cut section of his stomach. As his fingers disappeared, I nearly passed out. The deadbeats were falling over laughing. Give it a try, Susan said. Do the deep plunge. Join us, dude, Kiefer said. As I looked at them in horror, I saw something like sparks coming from their eyes. I gotta go, I said to them. I put the letter opener down on the table. I walked out of the workroom and into the hallway, then up three flights of stairs. I was in a haze of confusion as I went into my manager's office. I knocked on his door. I need a new assignment. Can I work in the electronic forms division? My boss looked at me and frowned. Why would you want to work with those little devils? Thanks for listening to Mr. Bait and Switch, ghost stories to keep you and your organization alive. Remember, to see reflection and discussion questions, go to spacepainter.com. This podcast is brought to you by Resounding Source Audio.